Welcome to the Did You Know podcast by Verisource, where we interview founders and executives at amazing technology companies that can help your business save time and money and grow, especially bring awareness to smarter, better, faster solutions that can transform your business. Hello, everyone. This is Victor with Verisource. Welcome to another episode of the Did You Know podcast. Today, I'm excited to have uh, Mike Quick, who is the uh, procurement manager for Pratt Industries with us to drop knowledge about procurement. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, Victor. Appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Yeah, no worries, man. There are so many uh, questions that we have for you. and uh, But why don't you maybe give the audience a little bit of background about uh, Pratt Industries and uh, also yourself? Yeah, for sure. So, so Pratt Industries, where I work, and I've been I've been with Pratt for about fourteen months now. We are America's largest one hundred percent recycled packaging company. So, you know, it's kind of funny. We we consider ourselves kind of garbage and recycling collectors. We actually operate thirteen material reclamation facilities across the country. We take that and we turn it into paper packaging. So you think paper and then corrugated, and then we we make boxes for. People like Amazon, obviously, Home Depot, the big companies. And then we also do like graphic displays as well. And so really unique company. We've been in the U.S. for about 30 years. We've seen some explosive growth. And again, everything that we make is made from 100% recycled content. So we don't we don't cut down any trees. We obviously don't do any you know virgin fiber. So really unique company to be a part of and really fun to be a part of the growth as well. Yeah. And uh, saving Earth at the same time. Uh, but yeah. So what about, you know, a little bit of background about yourself? How did you get into procurement? Because uh, I think in college you studied uh, supply chain, which is uh, must be an interesting story because, you know, I don't think many people get it, get into that. And so did you already have an interest in procurement and supply chain, um, you know, even when you were in college, I guess? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So I, I grew up in Metro Detroit, like manufacturing blue collar background you know both of my grandparents worked in the automotive industry my one grandpa worked for general motors for almost 40 years and so always knew i kind of wanted to be in on the business side and into manufacturing and so i i stayed close to home i went to michigan state and you know one of their top business programs is supply chain management and so when i took supply chain 101 in my my first semester it was my favorite class you know the the guy that taught it was he probably spent, you know, 40 years in the industry, worked for a number of, of different large companies. And the way that he kind of told the story of supply chain and, and how it evolved over time and, and the value that it brought, I thought, man, this is <laughs> this is way better than accounting or, or finance. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And then, you know, took the supply chain procurement courses, operations. And when I graduated in 2010 from Michigan State, you know, the economy was was really bad. And especially in Detroit, the automotive industry was going through, you know, one of their most difficult times. And so I said, look, there's, you know, there's other manufacturing out there. And I ended up getting a job as, <laughs> as a shop floor buyer at a company called Jacobs Vehicle Systems. And it was not, uh, it was not sexy. <laughs> I wore a hard hat, steel toe boots, um, earplugs to work every day. I worked on the shop floor and, and I was a buyer for a specific line at the manufacturing facility, but I learned a ton, you know, procurement one-on-one, right? I mean, you are watching the product get made. You are seeing when you stock out of something as simple as springs or washers 
And so it, it really helped me develop a passion and really enjoy it from a very grassroots you know, level um, when you talk about procurement. And from there, really worked into more you know, management roles. So I, I went from kind of that automotive manufacturing. I went into consumer product goods, uh, worked there for a few years, then jumped into industrial automation. And now I'm kind of back in that, that packaging space, working with a lot of the CPGs and, and really enjoying it. So, you know, it's given me this kind of multidimensional perspective of procurement, both from, you know, various industries, as well as kind of various roles all the way from, you know, shop floor buyer to, to more procurement leadership now. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, this is, you know, great background and, uh, you know, I think procurement oftentimes have been, um, underappreciated, um, department and, uh, but you're also like the quarterback, you know, for, for the company, I feel like, and we all know how important quarterback is, is, you know, on a team. Um, but just kind of based on, you know, your experience and also see, I feel like the last, you know, couple of years because of COVID, but also the economy, uh, especially now, right? These uh, past year or two, especially in 2023, I feel like procurement roles are going to be even that much more important and valuable to the business um, as everybody's trying to get more for less and just optimize the business overall. So what's been, um, you know, kind of how do you think the procurement role has changed throughout your career and especially, you know, in the last maybe couple of years and maybe looking towards a little bit on 2023? Yeah, no, that's a good question. You know, the first thing I'll say is the the ability to automate tasks, you know, and, and just the, the technology offerings out there. Like when I entered the procurement space, you know, 12, 13 years ago, I was kind of excited to be able to, to cut POs all day and, and, you know, to manage the materials and, and the receiving side of it. And, you know, maybe excited is too strong of a word, but but it was, you know, that was good work, right? You look at the last three, four years, I mean, all that's being automated and that's good. I mean, that's freeing up time, obviously, to focus on you know strategic sourcing events, growing the top line for your company. But that, you know, I think I think back to what I did 12, 13 years ago and then what some of the buyers, you know, at, at Pratt and, and where I've been are doing. And it's changed tremendously. Again, you, no one wants to enter a procurement role where you're you're cutting POs all day, and and you know obviously the very tactical work. Some of it has to be done, but that ability to automate tasks now and really leverage tech, huge, just a, a, a monumental shift in the last uh, you know five six years. And the second thing I'll say that that's really changed is I've noticed the audience that we're we're presenting to. So when we have a report out as procurement or when we have a strategic sourcing event and we have a gate review, you know, it used to be operational leadership, maybe some financial leaders would be in the room. And now it's almost like everyone's interested. You know, people want to hear what procurement has to say. I think that trust factor has really increased a lot. And now we've, we've got real true leadership all the way up to the you know, CEO level in, in a lot of cases who want to sit in on those presentations and understand what the supply base is doing, what options there are. And that's an awesome change to see as well. So those are the two, two areas that I think really have, um, you know, have really changed a lot that the tech offerings and then who's showing up to our presentations. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. And I see that more and more, um, happening probably, you know, in 2023 and beyond, 
when you think about spending a lot of money on anything, right? Like you should have visibility, you should care, right? And because that all uh, impacts the bottom line and the top line. So um, yeah, we'll come back to that a little bit more later. But what is the the top three? Again, you know, procurement, especially you're dealing with so many categories and, and um, you know, so many suppliers, right? Uh, there's a lot of challenges. But in your experience, what, what do you think is the top three challenges that procurement team usually faces, you think? Yeah, that's another another great question. And it's, I think it's maybe sometimes a little industry specific, but I'll, I'll keep it general here because I think this is this is important for everyone that's in procurement. The first is, okay, so when I was learning Procurement 101, we always said, you know, goal number one, 1A and 1B is supply continuity. Make sure that you have supply for your company or else you can't make things to go sell and make money, right? And so how do we continue to balance those foundational you know, supply continuity and, and other topics like that with more of the strategic initiatives. You know, we, we, as we get more strategic and we start saying, Hey, we want to earn a seat at the table and we want to, you know, be involved with leadership and, and, you know, be on the board. Let's not forget that we exist because we maintain supply. You know, that's kind of that base level of the pyramid. And let's, let's continue to make sure that we support that. I think a lot of people got bit by that during the pandemic. And so, need to continue to kind of balance that foundational with some of the strategic initiatives. I think it, it, another one is we've always been viewed as protect the bottom line, save cost, you know, make sure that, that inflation isn't hitting us too hard. Well, you know, we're starting to find that procurement actually we're good relationship people. We're good stakeholder management folks. And maybe we have the opportunity to, to grow the top line as well. And I think you're seeing more and more of that procurement developing relationships and partnerships with suppliers or distributors or whoever that are more two-way, you know, Hey, we can take some cost out, but Hey, they, they may open up a new, um, you know, sales channel for us or kind of help us understand a market better that we're not in right now. And that can only exist when you have that supplier relationship management, you know, centric focus. And so, I think that's another challenge for us is, is to continue to, to try to grow that top line. And then the third one, and, and we see this at, at Pratt, you know, <laughs> true ESG, you know, sustainability. Um, how do we achieve those objectives? You know, you think about all these companies, again, a little bit industry specific, but a lot of leadership and, and boards of directors have put out these statements saying, we will reduce greenhouse gas emissions by X percentage in the year 2025, or we will be fully electric by, by this year. And, you know, procurement is going to have a huge role in being and helping to achieve those objectives. You know, it's, it's not going to be the necessarily the CEO or, or somebody that sits on the board that has to get there. It's going to be procurement that, that really pushes, um, you know, that forward and, and gets it done. And so how do we start small how do we how do we move that forward by looking at the categories, reaching out to suppliers, thinking about what sustainable options are there? Again, whether it's packaging materials or printer cartridges or, or tech, there's always a sustainable option, always an option that helps move that, those ESG goals forward. And so those are really the three things that I would say are, are big challenges, but really big opportunities for procurement uh, over the next year. Yeah, and uh, we'll come back to uh, the sustainability 
question, but one thing you mentioned that um, is, is really interesting, and I want to have you maybe give us an example, is how can procurement help with top line? Because you mentioned, again, that's such a great topic, and I think um love to get your thought, but also practical uh, tips or even examples that other procurement, because like you said, you know, a lot of people uh, measure procurement based on savings and optimization and those things. But how, give us an example of what you mean by how can procurement work with whether that's suppliers or partners to help impact top line? Um, I think because, uh, of course, I think if um, you know anybody can impact top line, then there's obviously more visibility and more value generated for for the business. So can you give us some examples? Yeah. So think, think about your, you know, your A suppliers, the ones that are high, you know, you, you spend a lot with, but they're also very valuable and strategic to, to your business. Now those suppliers, a lot of times tend to be niche. They tend to be focused in one category, but a lot of times, and this is really true in the packaging world, you know, they, there's some interconnectedness, they know some of the same people, whether, you know, it's, it's customers or distributors or suppliers that you do. And so I've seen this in my 15 months at Pratt, where if you have a good, good relationship and good rapport with a supplier and you start talking about what your goals are as a company, you know, that's the first thing is what are your goals? Are your goals growth? Are your goals growth in a specific segment from a sales perspective? You may find that, and I've actually found this, that, they go, hey, we we know somebody, or we know a company that's that's in that same space that needs a hundred percent recycled option. Let me introduce you. And we've had this happen twice in the last few months, where a company that was strictly a supplier for us, we started talking, you know, bigger picture, like, hey, this is what we want to do as as Pratt. Um, and we didn't we didn't do that, by the way, thinking that we'd come to some type of sales strategy or, or we'd get a new sales target out of it. We did it because it was important for our suppliers to understand where we wanted to go to support our business. But it got the supplier thinking, wow, you know, we, we know a really good company, you know, here in this part of the country that is really trying to get to 100 percent, you know, recycled content in their packaging, but they, they haven't found the right fit. Let me link you with them. And hey, six weeks later, you know, we were, we were looking at POs from that company um, just from that introduction. And then we started also developing a relationship with a company that is um, is more a distributor model, but that wants to grow in, in the in the paper space, the recycled paper space. And so it all starts with how you manage and how you work with your suppliers. You know, don't necessarily think of them as just, hey, you support our business. Make sure you get the product on time. Meet my costs. Start talking to them about what your goals are from the highest level of your organizations. You know, what, what is for Pratt, what is our top three, our top five as a company? Um, you know, can't share specific financials, but sure, you can share the goals. And you may find that the conversations, you know, start rolling and you kind of think, wow, there, there's some options here for us to maybe grow together. And that's where I think procurement can, can really improve and maybe find some real value in, in growing their company. Yeah, so so you're saving, buying, and now selling as well. <laughs> yeah. So, but but to be honest, I think uh, everybody in the company is a salesperson to some degree, right? Because whether you're selling externally to customers, uh, you're also some people are selling internally, right? If you have a project, you got to sell internally on ROI business case. So I think to some degree, and 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 I love that, and I think um, you know that's definitely such a great. 
uh, angle and way for procurement to build even more value is looking at your suppliers, having those discussions. But I think maybe also maybe depends on the supplier as well. They need to be, uh, they need to care. They need to also look at you as a strategic partner versus just a customer that want to buy things. So I think maybe it goes both ways, but just the fact that like to think outside the box, I think that's, um, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, Victor. You know, you, it's not going to work with every supplier. There's also, you know, sometimes you do overlap, and you're you can be a bit of a competitor with a supplier sometimes, and so those you have to be careful with too. It's got to be the right fit, but you know, you don't need five or six perfect fits. You know, even just two or three suppliers that you know you can have those conversations with could introduce you to two or three more sales targets, which introduce you to two or three more. And, you know, it just kind of rolls, and so I think just starting that conversation on what what are our goals as a company and where can we help each other that really can it can lead to some really productive conversations yeah so back to the sustainability mike um you know obviously like you said esg sustainability is uh, is a big topic and obviously the government also puts a lot of uh, regulatory uh, compliances uh, there for companies as well but it also it can be very overwhelming meaning there is a lot you can do uh, but sometimes, you know, what you and I kind of talked about earlier, uh, where do people start, right? And so you had some, I think, very practical tips and thoughts on that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's it, and well said, Victor. You know, we, we, we do this where we hear sustainability or ESG and we go, oh, my gosh, I, I don't even know where to start. Like, because we've made it so complex and, you know, again, there's some governments and regulations that it, it needs to be complex. But if you're just starting on your sustainability journey, specifically in procurement, I would recommend start small. Look at each category that you manage. Talk to your suppliers, talk to your customers. When you talk to your suppliers, figure out, hey, what sustainable options do you have? Are, are there green options for, for this product, this service, you know, whatever it is? Don't, don't talk cost yet. Just figure out what's out there. Because again, whether it's printer cartridges or, or packaging uh, tech, almost anything has a sustainable option now. Then, you know, have those conversations with sales and on the customer side, what are our customers' goals or, or what are they finding um, that they're doing that's been helpful and what can we maybe implement at our company? And so if you, if you start with the conversations and you start small in terms of, okay, suppliers, what options are there? look into them, start presenting internally to stakeholders saying, Hey guys, you know, our customers are telling us they, they need us to be, you know, 30% uh, recycled content, or we need to reduce 15% of our water usage over the next few years. Um, here are ways or here are options from our supply base that, that get us there. Don't think you've got to do everything internally. Again, reach out to people, network, talk to suppliers, you'll find that there are options and there are ways that you can achieve those sustainable goals at a small kind of micro level. And then, you know, step-by-step step, you start layering those on and you find out, wow, we are making a bit of a difference. And the other thing I'd add is make sure you capture that, make sure you, you're able to um, put that into a metric somehow so that you can say, look, we we've reduced water usage by 10% by, utilizing this this supplier instead of you know x supplier for this category or we increased our recycled content within our packaging by utilizing this supplier and slowly but surely that's going to start to add up and you're going to start to find more and more opportunities um, to become sustainable and so again in summary i'd really say start small 
start looking at this that each each category what sustainable options are there talk to sales talk to customers what are they doing you know to increase their sustainability in their business and, and reach their objectives and you'll start to find more and more options don't don't compartmentalize don't get worried don't think i've got to do all this it's got to be me i've got to you know lead all these initiatives reach out network they will start to come up the ideas will start to flow and you'll start to make a big difference when it comes to sustainability yeah, that's uh no, these are great uh, feedback. And um, so obviously, you know, on our podcast, we're uh, always asking the tough questions, Mike. And, and <laughs> one of the uh, I think the, the hottest and toughest question and actually that you mentioned earlier, um, you know, maybe because of the economy or just, you know, the overall things are these days, uh, executives and stakeholders are wanting to get involved more with procurement and have procurement involved by nature. However, that hasn't always been the case. You know, for us working with a lot of procurement leaders, we know that, um, you know, sometimes there's friction um, between obviously procurement and stakeholders because, you know, procurement obviously to some degree want to help the business, right? Optimize, spend better, spend smarter. But from a stakeholder perspective, they are to some degree the experts of those categories, right? And then when they look at somebody trying to come in and uh, you know influence or control how they buy, what they buy, who they buy, they, sometimes they can cause friction, you know. And mm -hmm. um, so, but you mentioned you know a great thing. It is kind of how do you how do you maybe suggest building value and cooperation with stakeholders that you've seen has been successful. That is that is a good question. I, I get asked a lot of tough questions from my four year old Victor, but that's that may be the toughest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to be honest with you, I, I think to my my role as a parent. You know, we, we talked about this before we we started uh, recording, and you know, I've got three kids under five, four and a half, two and a half, and, and a five month old. And the way that I think about value and building cooperation in a business setting has changed drastically since I've had kids. <laughs> Um, you know, I used to get frustrated, a little bit angry if, if folks didn't include me or, or they didn't see the value that I was bringing with a, with an idea, you know, when it comes to procurement and I think, well, you know, it's their fault, right? If they want to go do their own thing, that's, that's their own fault. And I'd kind of give up now. I kind of, I think of cooperation the same way I do with my kids, ask questions, listen to the answers genuinely be interested in the answers that people are providing that you're working with. And then, you know, once you kind of show that, that level of resolve going, Hey, I, I noticed that, you know, we didn't, we didn't take this recommendation. And I think it's because of, of this reason. Can, can you give me a little feedback on that? Take notes, understand why, you know, maybe a, a difficult stakeholder or a group, you know, didn't necessarily want to take a recommendation or an idea that you had. And then from there, don't, don't try to change their mind. I think the easiest thing to do or the best thing to do is do the little things and do them consistently well. So if that's, you know, maybe just putting together a, a I don't know, sending a PO out or finding a new source for, for somebody or, or introducing them to, you know, um, somebody else within the organization that can help. If you do the little things consistently well, you know, the, the table scraps type stuff <laughs> for procurement, I think you'll find that you'll be in a position to make a recommendation and be trusted the next time a bigger thing comes up. So, and, and have those ideas ready, you know, start smaller, 
start doing the little things with those stakeholders that those difficult stakeholders do those consistently well, start building that rapport. And then when the opportunity presents itself to maybe introduce that, that new idea, that bigger initiative, that's when you kind of can jump in and make that pitch, if you will, and probably increase the likelihood of success. And so, Hey, look, I, I found that when I do that with my kids, especially my four-year-old and, and I really listen I try to do the little things consistently well with him. I find that he responds better, you know, trust me better. And we kind of, we kind of know because we're, we're consistent. We kind of know what to expect of each other better. And I think the same thing works in procurement, you know, working with stakeholders. Yeah, this is one of the best um, golden nuggets. I think, uh, you know, definitely on, on the podcast, uh, you know, I have two kids myself, you know, as we talked about 10 and eight and um, yeah, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, deal, people dealing with people sometimes, you know, it seems like we're two adults. We both know what we need. We're both trying to do right by the business. And sometimes, you know, maybe the, uh, the goals align sometimes maybe just, you know, the way we're just misunderstanding each other sometimes as human beings or as, you know, two adults, right. Two people. And exactly. uh, sometimes taking a step back and, um, you know, just really actually trying to think for the other person, you know, easier said than done. But uh, but I love kind of the progression you you talked about talking about the fact that you didn't start like that. Right. And um, but you kind of, uh, you know, progress towards that. And I think that's amazing. And actually, that's a great segue for the next um, one of the few last questions I have for you, which is. You talk actually a lot, um, and you first of all you post great content. So I think a lot of procurement people should follow you and connect with you on, on LinkedIn. But you talked about your passion and mission to help people become better working parents. Um, can, can you kind of give everyone a little bit of background on why that's so important to you? And um, yeah. Yeah. No, and thanks for that, uh, that, you know, opportunity because it is, it's, it's why I do what I do. You know, everyone says, Hey, what's your why I've got, I, I'm looking at pictures of my family as we're talking right now here on my desk and at my home office. And, and it's my why, you know, it's, it's why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about, you know, them and, and my work. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll go back a few years, 20, 2020, you know, the COVID hits in March, right? So that's a, a difficult time for everybody. For me, that was really difficult. My, my wife was working in an emergency room setting, actually took care of some of the very first patients who were COVID positive in the country uh, here in Detroit. And, and it was tough. I mean, she was 30, about 34 weeks pregnant with our second child at the time. So just imagine for a second, you know, people were afraid to go touch their mail in their mailbox because mm-hmm. they thought they would get COVID and, and maybe die, right? I've got a wife who's carrying a baby at 34 weeks who's literally taking care of people and doesn't have doesn't even have enough um doesn't have a face mask because there weren't enough to go around at the time. And wow. that was kind of our life. Now you layer on the fact that I got furloughed, partially furloughed from work, <laughs> expecting a second child. And it, I had a lot of time to kind of think, right? We, we couldn't go anywhere. I wasn't working a ton at the time. And it really helped me reframe, all right, how, how can I become a better parent, a better professional? And where do they intersect? Because they do. You know, the things that you do as a parent and the things that you do as a procurement professional, they absolutely intersect and, and they can work in, in tandem. 
And so from that point forward, you know, I've really, I've made it a passion to be not only a, a phenomenal, you know, procurement professional, but also a working parent and to kind of, you know, advocate for that because, you know, the days of working 60, 70 hours a week and commuting two, three hours one way, those are over, you know, the ability to say, look, I, you know, I need to also teach my kids, you know, some of these same traits that we talked about on the podcast today, you know, some of the things like cooperation and value and, um, you know, balancing and, 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 you know, working together, uh, to really achieve our goals. That's not just for procurement, that's for parenting too. And so it's really helped me kind of understand parenting, procurement, they're, they're not separate. They're kind of together. And so over the last two, three years, we've actually added a third kid now <laughs> who's five months. And, um, it's really helped me become a better parent. And I think a better procurement pre- professional to think of it that way. Yeah, that's, um, no, it's, it's amazing story. And I, again, you know, I can definitely relate, um, because, you know, like you said, working in a company or working at business, um, you're always kind of dealing with people, uh, you know, with different goals and, and thoughts and, and, um, missions. And, um, you know, you kind of have to be able to balance that. And I think, uh, kids are a great way to, to learn that patience, I think. Yes. So, um, so as we kind of, as we kind of wrap up here, one of the last questions we love asking the, the guest is, um, you know, again, a, a decade long in procurement, you've learned a lot. Um, you know, if you had to give one personal and or uh, business advice uh, that you're really passionate about, what what would it be, you think? That's a great question. Um, you know, we, we get one chance at this thing that we call life, you know, whether you want to call it your, your career, your job as a parent we get one shot at it. And yes, there's, there's going to be adjustments. You're going to go, you're going to weave left and then weave back. Right. And you know, (laughs) it's not always going to be a straight linear uh, progressive path, but you get one chance at this thing. And so do you want to get to the finish line and say, well, you know, I played it safe and, and I made it, you know, I'm, I'm here at retirement at 65 and and everything's good. Or do you want to take some chances? Do you want to, do you want to learn from what people, you know, have done that have, that have made it to the end of their career or to the end of their life and say, Hey, this is what I would have done differently. And that's what I would tell people, you know, think, think with the end in mind, whether it's the end of your career, or the end of your life, think about the way that you, you know, what you want to achieve, what you want to be remembered for and what you want to teach. And if you think about those things from an end perspective, I think it really helps you realize well, this is what I want to do, or this is what I need to do now to achieve that. And so that's what I would tell people. Think with the end in mind and then adjust your strategy and what you're doing now to kind of achieve those things going forward. Yeah, Mike, no, this has been a a great session. Uh, Learned a lot and also um, just great feedback and great uh, tips, you know, very practical things um, to help other, you know, procurement folks. So uh, no, I really appreciate you uh, being on the show. Yeah. No, thanks for having me, Victor. The pleasure was all mine. And and thanks again. Really, uh, really enjoyed being here. That was an amazing episode of the Did You Know podcast with Verisource. Hope you enjoyed it and got some great insights from it. Make sure you follow us on social media for the next episode. And if you want to get the best deals from the guest today, make sure to send us a message at sales at verisource.com.